fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm really good. Andrew, we've been offline. Nerd. Just now. Nerding. Uh, talking about talking about recording equipment. We've uh, we've just recently pre-ordered an improvement to our recording studio that no one will notice. You won't. We will. N- nobody will appreciate, really, besides me. You'll you'll appreciate uh, it too, uh, marginally. However, I want to just share this for the folks. There was a second when you looked at me. The look in your eyes as you were looking at me talking was a little bit like the look in Kim's eyes when I talk about watches. There was just a half second of like glazed over like, okay, that's well, you said like a series of words that meant nothing to me. (laughs) And I was a little convinced that they meant nothing to you. So I was just like, I don't know. I'm pleased. Andrew, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good. Well, good. I wanted to get more done today than I did. I got nothing done today. So I'm a little bit kind of like in that listless, kind of anxious, I should have done more than I did mm-hmm. mood. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to be doing something productive right now. So yeah. it's good. This is going to be beneficial to my day. This is good. Well, and also you planned this episode. I did. That takes time. Well, it takes time. The The greater amount of time was getting through the writer's block. Yeah. <laughs> Like you can only bang your head. Like I just, I banged my head against the wall so many times that eventually the wall fell. Yeah. And the bruise is not that bad. No, it's, it's pretty minimal. It'll, it'll be healed pretty quickly, but we're through, I was through the writer's block. We talked about an episode. We got an episode planned and here we are. Here we are drinking beer as we do. The red lights on and we're talking watches. That's what I say. Oh shit. No, it's good. It's good. I feel good about it. We're talking the red about lights watches. on. We're good. And we're talking about watches. We are. And we're talking about kind of one of our OG style episodes. Yeah, I guess that's right. I guess just that's right. Just some ideas, just some some free form conversational talking about watches. Here's a type of watch. Here are three versions of that watch and what they mean to each of us. Yeah. That's like the the original 40 and 20 format. It is. I liked that format. I think a lot of you liked that format. Otherwise, you wouldn't have come here. But today, we're going to talk about the flyer. The flyer watch. And and not... Not a pilot's watch. Not a, not a flying watch. Not a fliega. The flyer. I'm going to take a flyer on that. The watch you took a flyer on. And that's a that's a term we use a lot. I'm going to take a flyer. I could take a flyer on it. And and I think it's important to define for everyone. Everyone's definition is unique in what a flyer is. <clears throat> I'm going to start with what my definition of a flyer is. Do me. Will you tell anyone? I always do. And yes. Yes, I will. For me, a flyer is a sub $700 watch. I don't know why that's my threshold. (laughs) (laughs) It is a particularly arbitrary number. It's pretty arbitrary, but it's also in that like realm of you can get into some low level, high level shit in that $700 range. You're getting to the peak of a lot of micros, a lot of small brands, a lot of cool stuff. Just that five to seven hundred dollar range is is probably the most exciting and changing in the watch world. I think that's where you're getting the most exciting uh, kind of development in the watch world for the most part. And obviously, there's some cool stuff at like the multi thousands and millions range, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but in the truly attainable world that five to seven hundred dollar range is really cool yeah with that comes some cool also can indicate maybe 
novel or odd, which are some things that like I just like. Like there's just some cool shit that's like I could I could drop seven hundred dollars today, be in a small amount of trouble at home, and in get a large amount of enjoyment from that purchase. <laughs> right? Like and and yeah. that's maybe the threshold is like that's how much money I can spend and be in a small amount of trouble that is balanced or perhaps outweighed by the enjoyment or potential enjoyment for the watch that I'm going to get. So that's for me, that's my price threshold for a flyer. It's also something that I'm maybe a little unsure about that everything points to I should enjoy it. I should like it, but there's maybe something hanging that means I won't. Yeah. But I'm going to take the risk. Yeah, you know, I I personally define a flyer watch a little bit differently, and and which is not to say your your definition is not accurate. It's just to say uh, when I look at the watches that I'm going to talk about today, that they they feel a little different than that. Um, certainly, they're all relatively affordable. Uh, I think, yeah, they all fit into that that definition. But I don't think that's the character. I don't think that's the defining characteristic of these. Um, for for me, it's a watch that I bought almost on an impulse. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really, I very rarely do anything truly impulse. Um, but all three of the watches I'm going to talk about today were bought with very little forethought. I just, I saw it. I was like, I'm going to buy that watch right now. And then I bought it. And now I own them. <laughs> and, and And now here they sit before us and here they sit before us these are all from three not phases but like i didn't buy them all at once these are basically the three watches that i own that i can that i can characterize this way um they're the only three but they're the three watches that i kind of impulse bought i didn't think about it i didn't research i didn't read any reviews i didn't look into it i just saw it and i bought it which is Unlike both of our typical purchase practice, by the time we buy a watch, we're almost tired of that watch. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, like most people, well, not most people, but the, the the people who have the revolving door watch collection, so, by the time they viewed a watch as much as the, as we have, they've already sold it, and we're about to buy it. It's perhaps like, from them. Waiting for marriage, but dating six years. And it's like, I don't even want to see you naked tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I can't imagine. That's that's a weird thing to, to not want. But, you know, whatever. So, with that, we've now kind of discussed what the flyer watch is. And it's something that's maybe impulsive. It's maybe not a grail. No, it's definitely not a grail. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you're maybe not even sure that you want, but you're prepared to take a risk on. And if the risk pans out, you're really pleased with it. And if not, your feelings aren't hurt because you knew it was like a maybe. You you knew what you were getting into to the extent you had no clue what you were getting into. Exactly. It's not like buying an Explorer and putting it on your wrist and being like, well, fuck, I hate that. Yeah. Like, that's not a flyer. <laughs> it, I mean, it could be a flyer for somebody but it's not a flyer for us. Yeah. So, with that, would you please begin? Lead us off. You know, the first watch I'm going to talk about, <clears throat> this is the oldest of these three watches. It is. It's actually the youngest of the three. Uh, but yeah. it's the one I've had the longest. This is a watch made by a company that's near and dear to both of us. I've never heard of that watch before today. Notice. Oh, never mind. Notice. This is uh, the Notice Sector dive watch. How do you always say the word sector? Sector. Okay. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, this is the Notice Sector dive watch. Um, this is from, I believe, the first drop of these. Mm-hmm. The very first run of these. So black PVD bezel, uh, single white loom pip on the bezel. Everything else is sort of murdered out, I'd say. Green minutes hand on this. Pretty sterile, pretty stoic. 
Um, and you know, they dropped these and I hadn't planned on buying it. I hadn't spent any time thinking about buying it. Um, they dropped and I basically same day they dropped, ordered it and have owned it ever since. So I don't know, three or four years ago at this point, I think ish three, three ish years, maybe a little shy of that. And you know, these sector watches are the notice sector watches are really, you know, you, you, what you see is what you get. These things are, I think, vastly overrated. I've waxed poetic about how just wonderful these things are. I am on record as loving the notice, the notice sector series. Uh, I think. Did you say overrated? No, no. If I said overrated, you did I, say overrated, and I'm that's why I'm correcting you. Underrated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if I said overrated, I was a mistake. I just think they're. I think that they're really something special. And if you if you see one you like, I'd say just pick it up and own it because they're. I mean, the best entry level micro brand watch in the world. I say with very little. Um, with very little reservation. This yeah. is special to me too, for a slightly different reason mm-hmm. in that as they were releasing these, Wes reached out to me and said, Everett, uh, I just want to let you know, we're dropping, we're dropping the notice sector skin divers. And I wanted to let you know that you and Andrew made an episode about skin diver watches pretty early on in the show. Yeah. And, and that episode inspired this watch. And I say that, I think Wes and Colin are on record. Having said that, it feels like kind of a big-headed thing to say. But that also happened at the same time. So it wasn't cool. I mean, there was that like added element of, holy shit, that's cool. I got to get one of those. It was kind of a made-it moment for us. We're like, we, we influenced something like other than a purchase (laughs) that had no affiliate link to us like we we influenced somebody like we we had this we had enough of a voice or or said something meaningful enough that somebody said hey i could maybe do something with the nonsense that was just spilled into the on, on like into the airwaves in front of me and you know um I love this watch. I, I'll probably have it forever. I don't know if I'll ever get rid of it. Um, I would get rid of it if the if it felt right. Um, but I wear this thing easily once a month, um, probably a little bit more than that. And yeah, it's just it's just in the it's just in the collection for forever. I think that this is the watch that indicated to me that sometimes it's okay just to see something know you're going to like it and and make the purchase if you can afford it. Well, and these were what 450. I I think that these were 400 even, but maybe 450. In that sub $500 range. Yes. <clears throat> and this was like kind of at the blooming of the micro brand era. This is two and a half, three years ago where micro brands are in that four to $500 range and everywhere. Notice wasn't first to the game, right? We'll, we'll never accuse them of that, but they were perhaps strongest in that segment. And this, for me, at, at least in, in the way I'm remembering the explosion of micro brands who have come to prominence in the last couple of years. The sector dive was, I would say probably one of the more important watches to the notice collection. And also a part of the shift away from dive watches because the sector dive was the beginning of the sector series, which is a field, a sport and a pilot. And they did this whole case family with the intention of getting away from the micro brand dive watch thing. They knew it was important still, but it wasn't 
going to any longer be the the thing. And this is a cool watch. I don't it, know why I don't have one. It it is really cool. Yeah, 150 meters of water resistance. I mean, it is. It's a everything you need, nothing you don't type of watch. But everything you want too. In the way of a fun sport watch. Yep. Yep. Sporty watch. What do you got up first, Andrew? <clears throat> first for me, I'm gonna go with my most recent. In the way of the Traska commuter. So no one is unaware that I'm on a 36 kick. No one is unaware that I was lamenting being unable to purchase a fucking Smith's Everest. Still haven't been able to. I've been (laughs) on the website Sunday morning, 6 a.m. for the last six months, whenever they drop. Can't get one. I went to Rage by a commuter, and they were also unavailable. And I went into like tantrum Donkey Kong tantrum mode. I got an email from Traska. I didn't personally get one. I was on their mailing list that they were going to drop a a batch and they'd be available for purchase. And they became available for purchase. I bought one. I went to the website, not moments after the drop, but hours. Went to the website, bought a watch, about a week later, I had my watch. I put it on. Smitten. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to justify this a little bit because being on a waiting list sounds anti-flyer. I'm not me. on a waiting list. I. I. Because it, it was. I wasn't a pre-order. It wasn't a waiting list. It was a newsletter. Right. Oh, the, I see. The same way I sign up for sure for Laurier's newsletter or for anybody else's newsletter. It was just a. It was like just Gnom-nom. a. Hey, this is this is coming out. Yeah, Ganomnom sends me their newsletters with their sales. Right. And I saw it, and it was a. Hey, we have inventory coming in. They'll be available on this date. And I was like, okay. This I don't think this is exactly what I want. Or or maybe I don't even know that this is what I want. It's really close. It's perhaps close enough. And I'm going to spend the 450. I'm going to take a flyer. Yeah, I'm going to take a flyer. I'm going to I'm going to send this because number one, I can get it. And number two, it checks most of the boxes, if not all the boxes, even without being the thing that I think that I want. And based on the amount of times I've seen you wear this, dude, I'd venture to say that this is your favorite watch right now. This is my most worn watch right now, but like outside of work. That I love this thing. This is what justifies the idea of a flyer to me because this isn't this isn't the watch that I thought that I wanted. And maybe any watch in that size and design language would have fit the bill. But that's exactly what I wanted. It's perfectly boring. It's perfectly sized. The bracelet is exceptionally comfortable. It's attractive. It's also, I got to say, Traska's whole, like one of their shticks is their scratch-proof finishing. Mm -hmm. Fuck me, man. I haven't gone out of my way to try to mar this watch but one time. I was sitting in a metal, like, uh, great graded uh top picnic table and to demonstrate that this thing was scratch proof i just like while wearing it (laughs) smashed it on the top of this metal grate on the clasp because i'm not really concerned about the clasp getting marred and and you can feel free to tell the audience what is on that clasp there's one scratch on it no there's not that's a hair Hmm? there is a scratch on it that's oil. You've finally gotten a scratch on your clasp. It's, the scratch is gone now. That was that was grease. Where? But oh, there is. I will say, look at that. That is three months of near constant wear. I do more than that in an afternoon. Yeah, right. That's... Of a loner piece, I put it on my wrist. 
I look at it and I go, ooh, this is pretty nice. And then I take it off and there's more scratches on the clasp than that has. Yeah. Like we, I've put painter's tape on things. We, you've put painter's tape on things we've yep. had in. Yep. Just to prevent it. This thing is, there's nothing. And all the washes I'm going to talk about after this have like significant experiences from less deliberate attempts. You, you know, I think that your ownership of that watch has for both of us really uh, put a point on how cool a company Traska is. I uh, So Traska introduced their newest watch Ooh, this week. I wish uh, I could remember the name. Will had a review of it on mm-hmm. the website. And it's, it's their... It's their, uh, I always call them twin stick divers. It's a, it's a dual, dual crown, crown, not a twin stick, uh, a dual crown diver. And um, it's boring. It's boring. It, it's a boring dual crown. Dual crown. Seafarer. Seafarer. Um, it's but, not boring because it has coral and mint as color options. Well, well the coral the coral dial is actually really cool. I hate them both. Um, <laughs> with that said... I think that is what Traska, this, uh, your commuter is so perfectly inoffensive and boring. And, and that is what that watch is supposed to be. That's what Traska is supposed to be. Traska is supposed to be perfectly boring. And the build quality is as good as anything else under 500. I mean, there's... I'd, Honestly, I put it up against my Christopher Ward. I'd put it up against my Monta. Easily. Uh, I'd put it, I'm not the finishing quality, but the, the finishing longevity, right? I have more damage, visible damage to the Monta, which compromises the finishing value, right? I think the build like, quality is closer to Christopher Ward, but not there. It, it's not It's not as good as either one of those watches in terms of build quality, but anything else under 500 I mean, it, it beats anything under 500 yeah. and that's the whole i think that's the traska model their their motto should be we're boring and fucking awesome yeah because yeah. that's what they are every everything about them is perfectly inoffensive super simple not bauhaus design language but as bauhaus as traditional watch design can be right like just pure boring yeah, it's, it's not, not what I would it's call not bauhaus, minimalism but... right bauhaus is minimalism design language this isn't minimalism design language. It's just nothing. Yeah. It's that's perfect. And and I think the thing I like about Traska is it's delightfully different than what you expect it's going to be. Too, mm-hmm. it is still top down view what you expect, and then you start looking at the details, and you're like, oh, this is different. the The case sides of the, of Traska's, uh, that's the commuter, right? Mm-hmm. The case sides of the commuter, the actual case has some gentle curvature in places that always surprises me. And yeah, I think that's a great watch. I think it's a great flyer watch and I'm glad you bought it. I'm super glad I took a flyer on this and I didn't keep trying to buy, uh, Everest though. I have continued to try to buy an Everest because I want one. Uh, this was, this isn't a placeholder. I'm, this is a forever, even if an Everest comes in. Watch number two. Three. Watch number three for us, two for me. This is a watch that at the time I bought it, I had never heard of it. I had never seen one of these before. I still to this day have never seen one of these. I believe that there is only one of these in besides this one in circulation in the like world though the watch aficionado circle that i run in and that's the several thousand of you that i interact with somewhat regularly uh this is my victorinox fa-18 7750 chronograph watch this is a i would say this is a breitling-esque uh, tachometer bezeled chronograph. Um, it's a little bizarre. It's kind of busy. It's got a tel- telemeter on the chapter ring or the rehot. I, I think you'd call that a chapter ring. Oh, rehot. Yeah, I would call it a chapter ring. It, it's 7750, so 6912. Um, big sort of awkward white date window. 
lots of shiny polished steel on the markers, um, polished steel hands, kind of awkwardly brushed bezel with a with an engraved uh, tachometer. I mean, this thing's it's just a weird watch. It's it, yeah, it's seventy seven fifty, so it's about eighteen millimeters thick. And also, I want to say it's 38 millimeters in diameter. So it's got... It's a cube. <laughs> it's got awkward dimensions. Um, it's full, only a movement. That's all it is. There's no full, case around it. <laughs> full polished case besides that brush bezel. I mean, it's just a weird watch. It's super weird. Um, it, 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 I think that they did sell these with a with a bracelet. Mine did not come with a bracelet, so I wear it on leather. One of the only watches I wear on leather. Um, it was truly a flyer. I saw it at a Red Bar event. I was at Red Bar. There was a guy who had a bunch of watches. He had a, I think it was a $650 tag on that, or maybe he had an $800 tag. And I said, I want this. And I think I got it for $650. And... uh. I love it, man. Does it not have a running seconds anywhere? Uh, it does have a running seconds. I want to say running seconds is at nine. I'm winding. Right so, so standard 77 screw down crown, 200 meters of water resistance. I mean, it is such a weird watch. Uh, and certainly not a, a hype watch, like the anti hype watch, if anything. And I'm just so glad to have it. It's a legit, you know, low-end automatic chronograph, but a legit sort of high-end Victorinox. Yeah, it, right. It's also the end of an era. It is in some ways. Yeah, that's right. It's this is this is kind of representing the downfall of Victorinox in the way of respectable watches. The pre-Inox. Yeah. Phase. Yeah. Though there's some dope inoxes out there yeah there are they I mean, exist but this is kind of the end of it right like these yeah. these really elegant lugs that would they're a little fat to for a dress watch but they mm-hmm. would be fitting of a dress watch they're slender for this watch they curve nicely i mean this is like a claw tooth bathtub is what i'm looking at yeah it, it's a it's a it, it's got a lot brightling is the the brand that comes to mind when i look brightling at is all that this is this is like 2000s brightling yeah yeah this is like cia brightling kind of thing right <laughs> and so this is, theoretically these were made for the actual swiss army uh for fa18 pilots um I think it could be bigger based on that function, but I wouldn't like it as much if it was bigger. The part of the charm of this watch is the stumpy little case. Yeah, but this is the this is the F eighteen pilot after he gets out of his jumpsuit watch. Like, like he wants to still look like an F eighteen pilot, but not still be wearing his flight suit. I'm like, hey, yeah, I fly F 18s I don't know how you would say that in Swiss, but you probably say it just like that. Probably. So this is truly more so than the rest of the watches I'm going to talk about today. This is truly a flyer. It's such a flyer that I bought it and instantly, instantly, like within moments, I was like, "Mm, I maybe shouldn't have bought this watch. I remember you telling me you were going to be in trouble. (laughs) Like, "Ah, I bought this thing and I didn't really think about it. Uh, in fact, it wasn't until just now that you ever told me how much you spent on it. <laughs> I think I was kind of embarrassed because it's so different than how I normally buy watches. Um, it's also such a goofy watch to spend that. It's, I mean, in, it's in not fairness, a lot of money. It's, it's not that much money for people who buy watches regularly. And and I was thinking about that today. And as I was thinking about episodes, I was like the the emotional uh, stealing that you that you give to yourself for how much you're going to spend for a watch like the first watch you buy is sub three hundred dollars and you're like holy fucking shit yeah and then you're like well you know i i spent you know two thousand on it but it's not a big deal it's like ah, i took a flyer six hundred fifty dollar watch like <laughs> it's just it's the things that you become emotionally tolerant to spend your money on and and watches become those things and as you start to 
as you start to recognize the value that you can find in watches, not just the, the enjoyment, but also the actual monetary value, you become a lot more comfortable spending money. Yeah, you know, at the time I bought this, I think it was the second most expensive watch I'd ever bought. I had the Speedmaster <laughs> and this. Um, and so, and I had like the Sector Pilot or the Sector Dive, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so it was... It was a big amount of money for me. And um, yeah, another watch I'll probably have until the day I die. Even now, it's the third most expensive watch you've bought. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I do. Uh, no, that's not true. Oh, no, it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. So let me dive into my second flyer. My second flyer is the Seiko Alpinist. And it, at the time I purchased it, I, for, for some reason, I don't remember why, but my wife had like given the green light on some watch purchases. I was like, okay. Yeah, all right. And the first thing that I got was the Alpinist. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to have a big disclaimer here that my Alpinist experience is unique to me. You will most likely not experience it. I got this watch. Do explain. I got this watch, and I, I kind of, I, I thought it would be my first catch and release. I thought maybe the sizing would be off. I wasn't really sure about the second crown i just wasn't i wasn't sure and i put it on and i wore it for a couple days and i was like yup you're not going anywhere this is not a catch and release watch it is so sleek so comfortable it is that perfect middle ground between like a dressy sport watch and a tool watch and it's all because of that second crown and and the new iterations with just the single crown i'm not a big fan of i'm not a big fan of the of the dial like they're just a miss for me so this the watch i'm talking about is the second most recent iteration with a Internal rotating bezel. And yeah, this crown. is the Saab 017 style. Yeah, exactly. Same style as that. My unique experience is that my movement's fucked up. And I don't I don't know if I did it. I don't know if it was just a manufacturer thing. It's the JDM. It's a, it's a whole thing. And I just haven't sent it in for a service because of laziness. And I have other things that I wear. If this was my only watch, I would have clearly sent it in for service. If it was one of like two watches, I would have sent it in for service. But it's one of many and has not risen to the point that I'm that motivated yet to send it in for service. Sure. But I love this watch. I It, it, it doesn't keep time. It just doesn't. It's purely a piece of jewelry. I still <laughs> wear it from time to time just as a piece of jewelry because I love wearing this watch so much. And right now it's on one of Uncle Seiko's most recent releases with the uh, uh, solid lugs. Yeah. What do you call this? This is like an Angus oyster or something? Yeah, it's his new, I think it's president. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's and what that is. I haven't sized it yet because I don't. I haven't worn it since Wilson took back to me. Uh, this is a recent pickup. I don't think I've seen this before. Uh, I've only had it a couple of weeks. Yeah, Will can correct us on when he sent it, but um, it's fairly recent. And I haven't sized it because I haven't worn it since then. But this flyer is, I think. I mean, I, I've been really comfortable with all of my flyers. I haven't, I have yet to have an actual catch and release flyer purchase, which is maybe, maybe the point of this episode is to take the flyer. You're actually going to like it. Um, but yeah, this is, I love this watch. I lament every time I look at it and like, man, I wish you would keep time, but not enough to send it in for service. 
<laughs> you should just do that. I should. It's going to be like 300 bucks. It's like half the cost of the watch. I've like thought about just selling it and buying a new one. Yeah. Because it would be the same cost as just getting a new watch. Yeah, send it and to the, And the, it's, what's the, it's the NH uh, or the DSR 36. I don't know. It says on the back. It's a discontinued movement, so you can't buy the movement. and You can, but it's... Yeah, is it a six R movement in that? Yeah, it's a six R thirty five or whatever. It's a, yeah, whatever it is. It's they're not as widely available as they once were. Yeah, because I wouldn't mind just doing a movement swap, but I also like could just sell the watch and buy a new one and basically be at sure. the same cost as a service. Sure. Uh. I, I, I love that watch and I'm glad that you own it. And I do think you should get the movement fixed. And if anyone knows, here's the thing. When I wear it, it keeps garbage time. And when I say garbage time, it could be like it's plus or minus hours. In the box, wound and not worn, perfect time. Like exactly the time you would expect it to keep. Some sort of there's something positional. It's a positional issue, yeah. And like uh, I maybe there's a rock in the movement or something. And I just, bet it's something incredibly simple. <clears throat> yeah, but I'm not willing to venture into it. And I mean, maybe I'll send it to Evan. Yeah, I think you should send it to Nick Harris or somebody. One of these guys. No, that... there's there's people out there. But if anybody has a has a flyer idea, I'm I'm prepared to accept it. All right, my final watch. Do it. Watch number three. Watch number five total. Three for me. This is my newest pickup. It's very new, too. Uh, I've I've owned this thing, I think, for nine days. Uh, Is that including shipping time? It's it's a several uh, years old watch. Made by Hamilton. I talked about this last week. Mm-mm. This is my Hamilton khaki aviation watch. Did I not talk about, it on the talk show about last this week? last week? We talked about it, but you didn't talk about it on the show. This is my Hamilton khaki aviation, the Hamilton coupe uh, watch from the Interstellar movie with Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right. Uh, this thing is 42 millimeters. It's a big, giant pilot's watch and when i say big and giant it's really not that big i mean it's 42 millimeters it's 42 millimeters uh however everything we've talked to today is under 40 that's right (laughs) so not only is it is it big in terms of the normal size diameter watches i wear it is 98 percent dial maybe 99 so 41 and change dial I'm exaggerating. I don't know what the number is, but it's a ton of dial. And so when most of my watches are 38 millimeters with a bezel, this thing having a very scant bezel at 42 millimeters, just it, it wears very large. And in fact, there's been a couple of times, not so much in the last few days, but the first day I wore this, first couple of days I wore this, uh, there was a couple of times where I caught it in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, what is that? Um, it's not bigger than your Speedmaster. It is, it is smaller than the Speedmaster, or it is bigger than the Speedmaster. Um, the actual case is bigger than the Speedmaster, and the dial is orders more, of magnitude. Orders bigger. of magnitude bigger. Yeah, um, yeah no, it, it's it's a big watch, and I didn't know how much I'd like that. It's a day date. If you don't know what these look like, mine is the silver dialed version of these, and it's a very light silver, almost white. Mm-hmm. depending on the light you catch it in. Um, it's more white than it is silver. You know, I really didn't know what to expect with this thing. I saw it on Reddit. It was being listed for a song. Actually, I bought this off a of watch you seek. Um, so the price was right. It's a watch I'd looked at kind of in the past, but never really to buy as just a watch I'd seen. And so the price was right. And I was like, you know, I'm going to buy that watch today. And I did. And man, that's the real flyer. I'm so happy, Andrew, that I bought this freaking watch. I love it. So it is the, I I think the newest versions of these come with the H10 movement. This is the older 2834. Um, 
it's man i f- i fucking love this watch i'm really impressed by what hamilton does at the you know i think these are like 900 ish retail price new if you were to buy one um so i'd call this like a thousand ish dollar watch i'm really really impressed at what hamilton does at a thousand bucks I think that this bracelet is, it's a stiff bracelet. It's not a real floppy bracelet. I think you and I both tend mm-hmm. towards the Monta style drapey bracelet, sturdy and stout, but also really flexible. This is not that. It's not. It's it's much more structured. It doesn't lay down flat, which is not my favorite thing, but you get it on the wrist and it doesn't matter. Wrists aren't flat. Um. It's, the construction on it is really, really good. The fit and finish on it is really, really good. And so it's another, I mean, I, I took a flyer on it and I'm so glad I did. I, I'm, I would be so disappointed to not have bought this thing. And of course that's not true because I would have never known, but I just love this fucking thing, man. Look at these case lines. Let's see. Yeah. I mean, so. To speak to the bracelet, it is it's not fully articulating, which is kind of the kind of the rage right now. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that that rage exists because it makes for a really soft wearing bracelet. I mean almost almost like wearing a manky mm-hmm. strap, right? But that's not exactly what a bracelet is about. A bracelet is a is a chunk of steel wrapped around your wrist. To hold your watch to your wrist. That's going to exist in a, a oval shape. Exactly. When it's on your wrist. Exactly. It's natural state is ovular. You know, regardless of exactly the shape of your wrist, it's going to be generally ovally. In, unless for some reason you have an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper for a wrist, you don't need a fully articulating bracelet Though you might like it. And I'm really okay with that bracelet. I could do with a little bit more taper. Just a touch. Yeah, it starts off at, I think it's a 20 to 19 or 20 to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is fine, like right? 20 to 17 or 20 to 16 would be more appropriate. 2016 would yeah. totally work. 2016 would, might even be a touch thin, though, for the size of that watch head. Because it's 42, yeah. But, a, but a, a 2017, just a touch more taper would be would be more comfortable because that's a chunky bracelet. Yeah. You 20 to 19, you're not really getting taper. You get a little bit of built-in taper from the watch head. So it yeah. builds in some taper mm-hmm. where there wouldn't, because the 42 millimeter case, 20 millimeter brace, it, it sort of looks, the proportions are, are deceptive. But they're also really good. That's like a, but it feels like a super engineer bracelet. Total flock around this. Just had never talked about this watch. Not a watch we've ever discussed. No. Not you sent on a my picture list. of it and you're like, hey, I bought this. And I was like, that was an unusual purchase. Because <laughs> typically we send pictures back and forth for weeks before a purchase is made. Unless it's Mike. Mike's a revolving door. <laughs> you know, that's, the, I mean, I think that that's. This this episode might not might not um, connect with everybody because I think a lot of people make most of their watch purchases this way. Oh, that's horrifying. You and I not so much. No, my last purchase, and there will actually be a year in the box review hitting Watch Clicker soon for this watch. It's the Christopher Ward C sixty three automatic. And the reason I'm comfortable calling this a flyer, it isn't because the amount of time I waited to buy this watch. It's because of the amount of time it took me to decide to buy this watch. This was an immediate decision. Yeah. It was a brand new release. We saw the 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 embargoed media release. I saw a picture of it, said, I'm buying this watch. Did no further research, did no further looking into it the day it became available this watch yeah well there was no research to be done because they didn't exist exactly and this watch i love it has all the things i want it's boring it's got super clean lines it's a 39 case but it's also that christopher ward light catcher case so it 
doesn't seem like a 39, which is maybe a complaint that I have about it. It, it seems big, though it's not. Clean colors. My true complaint is in the non-tapered bracelet. Yeah. Which... It's got taper, just not very much. No, this is 2020. There ain't no is taper it? here. Yeah. In fact, the, the clasp is larger than the bracelet <laughs> all the way around. So it's, it's really 20 to 21. Yeah. Uh, Mike France has promised a tapering bracelet in the future. But it's a quick-release bracelet. And the well, more... And the Aquatane bracelets do taper. The more I wear this bracelet, the more I'm okay with the lack of taper. I want the taper... But on this watch, in this bracelet, which is fully articulating, though you don't need it, I'm really okay with the lack of taper at this point. Yeah, build quality is is second to none. It's Chris Ward. I mean, it, this is like this isn't a hidden gem anymore. I think it's just an overlooked masterpiece. Yeah, within the watch world, they do some weird stuff. Some stuff that I like look at and I'm like, why are you doing that? Why are you wasting time, money, energy, and R&D on that when you could be doing things like this terrifically boring, beautiful watch? And it's a flyer for me because there was just no thought. I yeah. saw it. I liked it. If I could have bought it that day, I would have. Very much like your, like your Hamilton. Yeah. You, you know, you you mentioned, I remember seeing the embargoed vis, vis, uh, images of these and... You said, yeah, I think I think I might get that. But you said it in the way that we say that all the time. Like, oh, I like that. I'm going to get that. Uh, and then not a week later, you had it. And it was like, oh, you were serious. Very yeah. serious. Very much a flyer. And very different than the way we, you, normally buy watches. Yeah. And I'm very pleased with it. It's These three watches are kind of the watches that I... It uses my litmus test for subsequent purchases. You know, it's interesting, Andrew. I think that you maybe have better taste when you don't think about a purchase too much because these of your watches are my three favorites. I mean... <laughs> That's not true. I really like your Atlas. Yeah, I like all my watches. I love all my watches. These three get the most wear, including the one that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this was fun. Yeah, I like talking about kind of kind of reaching back into the what have I done wrong and what have I done right? Well, what have I done right? Uh, these are the things we did right without thinking about it. Uh, you know, I don't really have, uh, I don't think there's a meaningful takeaway from this episode. Uh, you said uh, a few moments ago, maybe the takeaway is it's okay to just buy that watch every once in a while. I think for some of you, it's probably okay to not buy that watch. Mm -hmm. That's a different episode. Uh, that's actually the rest of our episodes. So please listen to episodes one through 187. Uh, however, if you're like us and you spend too much time thinking, the, yeah, the takeaway for you can be, it's okay every once in a while to impulse buy a watch. Oh, I've talked myself out of way more watches than I have talked myself into. Right. <laughs> Andrew, I, when I buy watches, I send a picture of the watch to the group and say, talk me, talk out, of me this. out of this. Yeah. What was the last one that I did? You know, I don't know. I was on the ledge about something and I almost bought it and Mike talked me out of it. Yeah, I don't remember what that was. I do remember the conversation, though. Uh, Andrew, is it OK if I make an announcement? Do it. Oh, it's important announcement. So, yeah, I insist that you do. <laughs> Uh, so I think it's fair to say, um, that we are fans of the Nick Mankey hookstrap. Would you agree? Might be an understatement, but I will, I will accept your terminology. So we, you know, we have products that we like. Um, I, I'm on record as having really liked the matte supreme nato straps from crown and buckle mm -hmm. um you know there's just a number of products that have come through here over the years that's like yeah this is a great product we highly recommend it um we buy it ourselves without any affiliate marketing like this is like we spend our money on these things that's right 
I think amongst the watch clicker editorial staff, the most enjoyed product unanimously enjoyed is the Nick Mankey hook straps. So these are $35 straps. Normally I think that we probably as a group own 300 to $400 worth of these things. So, Easy. uh, and we, we we'll always buy them in batches of like five. <laughs> we always just buy them. We get in line like everyone else, like everyone else. We order them on the website. Uh, we pay full price. So we're not getting any, and any, we wait our 12 weeks. That's right. We're not getting any deals. We're not like emailing Nick and saying, uh, Hey, can you do this special thing? Although the, with, I, I did do that once. Uh, and, it and, didn't work, and he still had to wait his 12 weeks. No, it's, I did have to wait the 12 weeks, and I paid full price for it. However, I got a a, a version of material that he doesn't offer uh, on his website. That's the one exception to that. However, this is just a strap we like. So about three or four months ago, we had Nick on the show. It's been about a year ago. And we discussed perhaps at some point doing a collaborative strap. And the fruits of that labor have finally come to be. So Watch Clicker is doing our very first collaboration product. Yeah. As a, as a team, we are collaborating with Nick Mankey for a limited time run. They're not limited in quantity, just limited in time, limited in duration of availability. Uh, collaboration with Nick Mankey on a branded on a branded, literally branded on the strap, uh, 40 and 20 and or watch clicker logo hook strap. They come in four colors, black, navy, orange, and gray. Uh, the best sort of pass-through strap colors, I think. Um, dang, man, this is really cool. So what do you need to know? You need to know that these will be available on June Fourth, that's a Saturday, nine a.m. Pacific Standard Time, or is it whatever Pacific Time? Sometime in the morning, <laughs> Cupertino time for you Apple users. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, nine a.m. and they'll be available for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you need to know about this? Forty-four dollars. So these are more expensive than a standard hook strap. However, they will be a standard hook strap. So this is first and foremost a way for you to support us at Watch Clicker. Mm-hmm. And Nick. And for you to support Nick Mankey. These are um I don't know, not novelties, but they're kind of one-offs, right? This is just a hook strap. If you bought the same exact strap without our logo, it would be, I think, ten dollars cheaper. Mm-hmm. But because you're a fan of the show. And because you're a fan of the website, you should buy these. This is an opportunity for us to recommend a product to you that we already recommend because we're just huge fans of it. Uh, and it's a way for you, you at home, to let's say you don't want to you don't want to be a patron. You don't want to do Patreon because it's a recurring fee and you'll forget about it, and that's annoying and nobody likes that. Um, this is a way for you to support us with a one-time purchase. And to get something out of that purchase. So I, can, I don't know what the numbers are, but we'll get a portion of every sale of these. Um, and we'll use that for hosting. We'll use it for software. We'll use it for perhaps travel to wind up, that sort of thing. Um, in any event, we'll use it to make better products to give to you. We don't get paid. We're not going to get paid because of this. But we are going to we are going to have access to some sort of opportunity to bring you a better product. So if you're already a Patreon... Patron, you you shouldn't feel pressured to do this. It, if you are a patron, you can be happy to be pressured. It doesn't matter. This is just an additional opportunity for you guys to support this us. This is our hardest sales pitch we're going to give you. <laughs> and uh, and there's no pressure. This The website and the podcast is free. But if you want to support it, this is the way to do it. And it's a really cool product. And I... Uh would love to see one in the wild. Wouldn't that be cool? Like oh, a, you're at a bar and someone's I, wearing a... I was wearing mine because we have like we have some sample 
ones that Nick sent us. I was wearing mine while I was at Disneyland. I was looking around. And I was like, you're obviously not going to see one. You're not going to see one. And number two, nobody's going to recognize it and be like, <laughs> dude, that's cool. I don't know. I wore it just in case. <laughs> All right, you guys. NickMakeyDesigns.com. June 4th. They're also going to be available via link through WatchClicker. Yeah, if you go to if you go to watchclicker.com, there'll be a link. There'll mm-hmm. be a link on the website. I think there's a tab Ooh. if you go to the straps tab. One more important thing. You don't need a soft tape measure for this. Small, Small medium, medium large. large. Yeah. Normally these Nick Mackey hook straps are are built to dimension. We did some testing on this and we figured out that the six and a half to seven and a half, seven and a half to eight and a half, mm-hmm. five and a half to six and a half. I think those are the three sizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we figured that that actually works really well. So if you're certainly if you're in those ranges, small, medium, large. Yeah. Uh, and these will probably this is probably the fastest hook strap you'll ever get to because we're going to get priority. So if you have been waiting and didn't want to wait the time, mm-hmm. I think that this is a unique opportunity to get a fast to get to the front of the line. Yep. Front of the line Nick Mackey hook strap. So and you want these colors. Andrew, other things. Oh. What do you got? I have talked about a trail running shoe before. Uh-huh. Which I still stand by. Yeah. I recently got a new pair. Oh. Cause I was I just I wanted a little bit more versatility and I wanted Gore-Tex lined. Which is weird for a low like a low shoe to have Gore-Tex lining. Nah, I get it. But when you're in a moist environment moist (laughs) moist people have problems with that word. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah. I'm desensitizing. It's exposure therapy. It's valuable. You don't want your feet to get wet. You know, there's the downsides of your feet get sweaty and then the, the sweat is held yeah. in. But the so my experience with these thus far is they breathe well enough, right? My socks aren't wet when I take my shoes off. I got the Adidas Terex Swift R2s. Let's see. Yeah. I'm not wearing them. When, I, when we record, I wear slippers because we're in my house. And I got them because I ride a bicycle sometimes at work and needed, and I didn't like wearing pants all the time. So I wanted some shoes that I could wear with shorts Mm. that were still appropriate for work. And I got to say, these are not good trail running shoes. Yeah, they, they look like they have a bit of a hybrid boot. Uh, like hiker sort of. Yes, these are good hiking shoes. They're crazy stable, crazy stiff. Like perhaps as stiff insole as any of my Danner designed mountain hiking boots. Yeah. They clunk when I walk. (laughs) They're solid soled really stiff insole, comfortable. They're not good trail runners. Do not buy them for this purpose. If you're looking for a hiking shoe or any kind of shoe that's like in that kind of hybrid zone, like a tennis shoe isn't quite appropriate, nor is a boot, this is money. This is a little bit of a flyer purchase because I was like, the worst that's going to happen is they're too soft. And then that's not a huge tragedy for me because then they're just too soft and I just have more comfortable shoes than I was expecting. Yeah. And if they're too hard, what the fuck ever? Like I'm wearing, I, I got these as boots. These are killer. Gore-Tex lined, so weather coming in is not an issue. Your own ecosystem generated within is a bit of an issue but having worn them on several sweaty occasions you're not pulling out wet socks and and that's kind of a problem with Gore-Tex lined yeah, boots for sure. and shoes 
is that you also need to create, like you create an environment within the boot and get sweaty. And then it's like, well, I've ruined the Gore-Tex purpose here by creating the moisture myself. Yeah. But for biking. Exactly. So these were 85 bucks. On the Amazon. And that's on sale, I think. I think those are... They, they're on sale. And also, right after I ordered them on Prime, which, like, really got me chapped. I, like, I, I threw a little bit of a fit. I ordered them. Hey, we've received your order. The following day, shipment has been delayed. It wasn't two-day shipping. Even though it's Prime, it was a week. Mm-hmm. That chapped me. And I got a free month of Prime out of the deal. <laughs> Pro tip, if things don't come when you expect them through Prime, just email and they'll they'll just credit you a free month of Prime. You're welcome. But if you're looking for something, I mean, they, they come in a couple colors, but I, the reason I got these is because they're all blacked out. Yeah. There's just, there's, they're black sole. There's a little bit of an orange, like the little Vibram marker. It's not Vibram, it's something else, but it's the equivalent of Vibram. Great, great hiking shoe. Yeah. Super pleased with it. Looking forward to getting a muddy. Yeah, you know, I uh I do I do Gore-Tex on trails when in the winter. So I think basically like Ooh, I do it in the summer. November to February is sort of my range for where mm-hmm. you, you know, as soon as it gets to like 45, 50 degrees. It's too hot for me to wear Gore-Tex, but mm-hmm. in the winter, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. So, uh, however, I'm usually running, and those probably too stiff. But I was thinking recently, I was doing uh, a hike w- with some ice and snow, and I thought, you know, I need just a little bit more shoe. So that might be great for that. These, these are the ass. I, I've, I wore them off road with the toddler today. And they have the ass. They've got the like the trail running grip without being like the weird, like, <laughs> like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The weird tread. Yeah. That's not functional at all. But for trail running, they've got a really good hybrid mix. I'm, I'm pleased with this purchase. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I've got another thing. Do me. Uh, my other thing is timely. It and is. Gonna, and I'm going to do my best to not do any spoilers. Not just for you at home, but also for you, Andrew. If you spoil it, I'll kick you. You're in the middle. Uh, I finished up volume one of Stranger Things season four today. In fact, right before I came over to our studio for recording, I was watching this. Uh, my kids are now nine and ten, and I'm able to watch things like this with my kids and they're into it, which is really delightful. Um, man, Andrew, I gotta say this is, this is, I think the best season of stranger things so far. Hmm. Um, I do know a number of people that are sort of like vocally anti stranger things. And to those people, I say, fuck you, fuck right off. Uh, no, I, I, no, I do say that. I'm not backing off of that. Uh, no, I, I've been into it since the beginning. I think that season one was wonderful. I think seasons two and three floundered a little bit. Um, at times, I thought the plot was okay. I thought the characters were charming. Season three in particular it seemed like they sort of leaned into character development. They introduced a several charming characters. Um, season four, they have brought everything together. This is by far the best storyline. Um, the character development is as good as, as it's been in any ep- in any season. Uh, the little the little sort of like. Easter eggs, I guess is what you'd call them, uh, are out of this world. Some of them are really, really good. Um, and, and it's just it's just the most well thought out Stranger Things story that they've done so far 
including season one. Uh, season one, there's some novelty involved. It was a novel thing, and that was part of its that was part of its delivery was the novelty of this eighties. This is this is still that, um, but actually just a really really excellent story, and I'm here for it, man. There's a couple things I don't like. I don't like the villain. Okay. It's the point of a villain. I don't like the wigs. There are some really, truly horrendous wigs in this season. It's and late 80s. What do you want? Yeah, I know. They've, they've taken away from it a little bit. Okay. But everything else aces my favorite Stranger Things season. And that's all I got, man. Wow. Thank you for not doing any kind of spoilers. I'm well behind you. You're a few episodes, but it goes quickly. It does. Uh, So the quicker we end this, the quicker I can get to the next episode. Uh, All that being said, do not forget. And so this publishes in just a couple days. This will publish on June 2nd. Two days from now. Saturday, June 4th. On Saturday. 9 a.m. Cupertino. Do not forget to head to either our website and watchclicker.com or nickmackydesigns.com and get yourself a watch clicker or 40 and 20 branded hook strap and get to the front of the line. Custom printed with a proprietary printing technique that Nick has not even shared the he details has of with refused, us. Um, in, even though we've requested it several times. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 of the Watch Clicker podcast. Why don't you check us out at our website, watchclicker.com or on Instagram at 40 and 20 at Watch Clicker. That's where we post pictures of watches, but also where we post links and um, pictures of our most recent reviews and articles. So check us out there. If you want to support Watch Clicker. You can do that either at nickmankydesigns.com with a hook strap or at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Look, guys, uh, it's a lot of money for hosting and for the equipment it takes to do this. And that's how we do that stuff. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye bye. <laughs>